Welcome to the August 9th meeting of the Science Fiction Club. And our next meeting, lest I forget to mention it, is going to be on September the 13th. I originally said the 6th and I made a mistake. So we have about five weeks to read whatever we're going to read. And I think since I've got the mic, I may as well just talk about my book that I kind of read three stories out of. It's um, Infinite Stars, and it's edited by Brian Thomas Schmidt, S-C-H-M-I-D-T. And if you look it up on Bard, it's got a whole host of authors next to the title. So either you have to look it up as Infinite Stars or look it up as a book number 90303. And it's a collection of space opera and military SF, and it's mostly military, unfortunately, uh, unless you happen to like military. And it's also got a lot of series that I have not gotten familiar with and don't wish to read. There are stories from many of these series. Some of them are things I've heard of and some not. It's about 27 hours long, and I only read three stories. One of them is by an African author whose name I have no idea how to say, but she got a nebula and a Hugo for the story that's included in this book. And it's quite unusual. It's written from an African culture's point of view. And this girl from a very isolated tribe goes to the university, first of her people to do so. And you see all the reactions from all the other Africans in that university. Plus, she has to deal with really awful aliens who happen to enjoy killing humans. So, very interesting story, though, because it's very multicultural. And then there's a story by Robert Silverberg that I read, which was pretty good. And the final story I read was by A.C. Crispin um, just before... A.C. Crispin died in 2008, and that was a first contact story. So that's really all I have to say about that book. I didn't think it was one of the better books on Bard, but, well, I read some of it, so that's all I can tell you. Well, I tried reading um, Call to Vengeance by uh, David Weber and Company, it's one of the honor verse books. And I don't know what happened to David Weber, but uh, he seems to be obsessed with politics. And I started reading this book, and everything was politics, politics, politics. And I just, I couldn't read it. I mean, well, I couldn't finish it anyway. And um, I decided to let it go because I just, I, it just got into all of this politics stuff, and it just started to bore me. Um, I like the characters and everything all like that, but um, it, just, it just got to be too political. You know, who was, who was going to um, gain what power and for how long and... And who was against whom, and and all this? No, 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 no. I, I, uh, I liked his other books because they had a lot of action and, and 
battles and stuff in, and that was fun. Um, so I did read um, Demon Crown by James Rollins, and this is, it's listed as a thriller, and the reason I say it's science fiction was because uh, the whole theme of this book was that uh, this ancient um, version of Wasp had been recreated and was causing all kinds of havoc um, in various places around the world and and how they figure out uh, how to uh, how to destroy these horrible wasps uh, and it gave a lot of, of uh, information about entomology and, and the science of studying insects and uh, insect life and, and all that kind of stuff. So I consider the book science fiction. Um, and, you know, because it was talking about genetics and all this other stuff too. And uh, it was fascinating. I, I was absolutely fascinated. Um, now, the book is quite violent and it is quite graphic in some parts so you may not want to read it I don't know but um, I enjoyed it so I I don't have a DV number offhand but it's it is on Bard it's listed in in the new books oh I think it was last week or the week before um, it's nine something I'm sure but it's it's Demon Demon Crown by James Rollins. Well, <clears throat> I also tried reading Call to Vengeance. Did finish it. Uh, didn't like it as much as some of the earlier books. I agree with Anne that it does too much politicking. I'm mostly reading it to find out what happens with the worm, discovery of the worm, Manticore wormhole, which is a big feature of the Honorverse uh, series. I also want to see if they mention anything about tree cats, because I want a tree cat. I also read uh, Day of the Triffids by John Wyndham, and I found it... Uh, I read it once as a kid before I lost my sight, and it, I wanted, kind of wanted to see what I thought about it afterwards. And it's it's a good book. Uh, it's got walking plants that um, kill their food and communicate with each other. And one night the whole planet goes blind except for a few people and it discusses their adventures in trying to get uh, out of London this is all takes place in England and all of the stuff they have to do to get ready and it ends up spoiler alert uh, they move to the Isle of Wight have make sure there are no Triffids on the islands uh, on the island uh, after the spring or after the growing season <clears throat> and they're working on developing a uh, or they're just starting to develop a, a something that 
kill the Triffids and take over the world, allow humans to take over the world again. Uh, I found it kind of enjoyable. Uh, And I also read Demon Crown. In fact, I kind of went into a James Rawling orgy. I read all of the Sigma Force books. And that's a mistake. Uh, You don't want to do that. It does get to you. The thing I really like about the... the, Well, it's all of the books by him that I've read. At the end, he has a little bit that says what's, what's factual and what's fictional about the science in the books. And I found that fascinating because he talks about all kinds of things uh, in the other books in the series. Now, I didn't go and read all of the Sigma Force novels. I mean, I have read them all over time, but I didn't go read read them all at once. But uh, yes, there is a little squib at the end of the end of the each book to say what's real and what's fiction, and um, it's fascinating because a lot of the stuff that he puts in his books actually exists, and um, which makes them even more frightening. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like The Day of the Triffids too. I haven't read it in a long, long time. But I remember reading it um, years ago. And wasn't there a movie? I think there was a movie made of it. I think I've got the floor now. Apparently, my software is acting up again because I'm only hearing bits and pieces of what the rest of you say and heard now and and if somebody else's book was being and you don't know it's a joke even up through the punchline you still don't know that it's a joke what are you going to think about it you're probably going to think it was really stupid if you took it seriously. Uh, My grandmother was great for that. She never understood the humor and jokes and took them all seriously. But anyway, Robert Sheckley, Robert Sheckley, because, well, people were always making fun of science fiction and making fun of me for reading science fiction and these were people who had never read a science fiction story in their lives, but it seemed to me that Robert Sheckley's story were the epitome of the things they made fun of science fiction for. And I really hoped that somebody who came along and was reading his first science fiction story would not read Robert Sheckley, because I thought his stories were ridiculous. Well, the problem is, I can appreciate the humor, and I don't think he's so bad after all. In fact, I kind of liked what I was reading. In this anthology, the title story, Store of the Worlds, is about a store that deals in, I suppose you call it, alternate realities. buy your way into another world and one of the most popular kinds of worlds is where you can go there book 
but I think my favorite one was probably The Gun Without a Bang. Um, it appears that somebody invents a gun such that if you point it at someone or someone or anything and pull the trigger, whatever is in front of that gun just disappears. No sound, no flash, nothing. It just disappears. And it was given to a space explorer to test out. There seems to be a never-ending supply of them. He gets to a spaceship and gets in, and he is so relieved, and he really has to use his gun without a bang to wipe it out. And now he can finally relax. He can relax just lying there under the sky. He says, what, 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 under the sky? Roger, you're breaking up really, really bad. Um, there are vast pieces of what you just said that never came through. We don't know what this book is called. We don't know where you got it. And we don't know the author. And we don't know what you're talking about. So I can include what you said, but it's going to be little snippets here and there with a lot of stuff missing. Um, what you might want to do is send a note to the club uh, email list and describe the name of the book, where you got it, was it on Bookshare, was it on Bard, who is the author, is it an anthology? That might be the, the way to get across what, it, what you were talking about. Okay, I got cut off there, but I was anyway... I was telling you about how the guy got trapped on that planet with the gun without a bang. But that was supposed to be humor. In any case... Uh Roger, we're missing your message. All you said was gun without a bang. We don't know if that's a title story of the book or what. Um, as I said, I think really you probably would do well to send a message to the email list and describe what you were talking about because um, I'm going to have an awful time trying to figure out how to put your your message in this um, in this meeting. Uh, nobody's going to be able to follow what you said. Roger, there's no sound coming through at all. Um, if you said something and my braille display indicated that you were talking, there's no sound that came through, so I, I honestly don't know what to tell you. Are you talking to me, Ann, or are you talking to Roger? I was talking to Roger, um, and this is Mary, so I'm not Ann. I don't know where Ann is. I hope she's still here. No, she went to bed, and I think I'm going to follow her. I don't know what Roger's problem is. I think he gets the mic, but his audio is cutting in and out, and I don't know if it's something to do with his system or with the with the network um, and I don't know how to tell him if he could find Bob Acosta or maybe one of the people at Talking Communities they could figure out how to help him diagnose the issue yeah I think you're right um, I think most of us is, have talked anyway right because uh, yeah Marshall, you talked about your book, and 
Anne did, and I did, and Roger was trying to. So I guess we'll just have to close out the meeting. Um, I really don't know. I'm sorry, Roger, that we couldn't hear you. But, well, that's just how things go, I guess. Anyway, I'm going to, if everybody agrees, and I don't think there are too many people left, um, I'll just close it out. And if anybody wants to say anything else, then feel free. And after that, I'll just stop recording. See you in a month, people. Have a good evening. Okay, this meeting is, um, I don't want to say adjourned, it sounds too formal. But anyway, we're going to have our next one in September, on the 13th of, De- of September. And I don't know if I'll be here. depends on what kind of stage my back is in at the time. But it seems to be doing a bit better. Not always, but it's nice when it, when it doesn't want to create too much uncomfort, discomfort or whatever. Anyway, thank you for putting up with this. And... Uh, I was glad to do it. I'm going to go edit the file, and I will make sure that a lot of the long pauses are taken out so you don't have to listen to a lot of dead air. Um, So thanks for being part of this, and looking forward to the next one, which I hope I can be part of. That's it for this go-round. Thanks for coming. Bye for now.